0: This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show.
1: hey jay hey q this is it man i know waiting for this day since we were knee high to a frog's eye is that Uh, what they say
2: cat cat's knees on the bees
1: trees you know what i'm saying i know what you're saying up a knob and down the hobs yep and club a bob and walk that knob
2: baby baby making and gravity shaking
1: Yep. And, Wait. Uh, that one sounds more sexy. I meant when we're kids. That was a sexy. Well, that we was, were sex. Let's be honest. We were sexy kids. I was. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I didn't we know were, you as a child, but. We uh, were sexy I was, children.
2: I was damn fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was a fine piece of kid meat. You know Actually,
2: what i Actually, <laughs> weirdly enough, uh, and nobody looked this up, but I was on the cover of the 1987 version of Damn Hot Fine
1: Toddler. <laughs> Which was soon outlawed the, ne- the next year. Well, for... it was self-published. It was unknowing, unknowingly catering to a giant pedophile demographic.
2: It was uh, self-published. Never should have taken that uh, that agent from Alley Agent Way. <laughs> Wait, hold on, rewind that. I couldn't hear what you just said. So, can you repeat that? No, <laughs> oh, I said I never should have taken that agent from Alley Agentry. Oh yeah, that's you're right. I should never have taken an agent that worked out of an alley. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: no, I got it. As right. a toddler, <laughs> right? That's what I'm As saying. a baby, hanging out in in alleys. Sexy, sexy Star Wars baby. Alley babies. Hey, man. So yes, that's what we're talking about. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars nothing but Star Wars. And Star why Wars are we talking here? about Star Wars? Q. Uh, we are talking about Star Wars because today. Well, technically last night, but today. The final chapter in the Skywalker saga is released, and I mean Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. High five! Should we
2: high five? High five! High
1: five! High five! High five, high five. High
2: five. High five son! Woo! High five! Don't leave me hanging.
1: All right. So that's what that's what it's about, man. Q, we've been waiting for this for so long, and so. Like, I've been waiting for this for so long, I hope that, Star Wars till the sun comes up.
2: <laughs> I hope that's how this, uh, the movie starts. Instead of the,
1: da-da-da,
2: da-da, like, during the scroll, it's like, I've been waiting for so long for this. <laughs> it's just like, in the end of the Empire, you've waited so long, you sexy babies. <laughs> Yes. And, like, at the very end, J.J. Abrams would be like, fuck it, what are you going to do? This is number nine. You can't stop me at this point. Right.
1: <laughs> you can't stop me. I am Abrams! <laughs> That's how that dude's got to feel, man. He's had his fingers in, like, some of the biggest franchises ever. That's the thing. Like, back in the day when he's like, you know what? I've got a
2: great idea for a, uh, a TV show... That stars jennifer garner and everyone's like we'll give you one more shot and he's like how about every movie you've ever
1: loved hey have you ever heard of a little movie called mission impossible did it have you ever heard of a little (laughs) movie called star trek
2: rebooted it it, made (laughs) it popular well not i mean made it more popular mainstream
1: popular (laughs) you ever heard about star wars did it didn't didn't do it did it again
0: <laughs> oh man, so, I uh So Jay,
2: you I don't I, know where to start.
1: You and I have been, well, we got to start at the beginning. <laughs> <The> pre- <laughs> da
2: Da-da! da Da-da! Da-da-da-da! so yeah star start- wars nothing but <laughs> star wars
1: thank you that was beautiful that's what i was referencing earlier when i said we're going to talk star wars star wars and nothing but star wars i know but
2: i wanted to actually sing it because we we're doing no i'm glad thing. you did
1: i very much appreciated it uh so we're going to talk star wars we're talking star wars from the beginning to the end this is going to be a two-parter episode guys. yeah guys we well, can't do right this you in you know an hour
2: now. uh well okay there's a couple reasons that has to be two-parter one it's a holiday special. I mean sure. we're celebrating life day here. So we so, gotta make
1: this episode special.
2: And that that means making it twice as long. But we right, also right. know that you guys are sensitive ears don't want more than don't want more time than you need. So breaking it into two and we haven't
1: seen Rise of Skywalker yet. That's right. And that is gonna be a big determining factor before we can make those lists, y'all. So next week we're gonna be back with special guests and a definitive list of star, star wars wars of the wars of stars <laughs> wars comma star
2: <laughs> wars star
1: wars the, the pbs documentary
2: yeah Oh, yeah, the one we were talking about the other the other week. That's our
1: that's our document our uh, Ken Burns documentary about the economic structure of the Galactic Empire. I still want this. I still want my Ken
2: Burns documentary of Star Wars. Oh, it would be so good. Speaking of that, he is yet to return to the Mandalorian, and I'm kind of bummed.
1: Ken Burns? Yeah. Was Ken Burns? Wait, no, 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 no. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs>
2: that would be funny."
1: Uh, no, it was Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yeah, got it. He okay. hasn't returned yet. Because for a split second, I was like, "They had Werner Herzog and Ken Burns on this." <laughs> they, Are they had just, Amy... like picking the most prolific documentarians. They had Amy Sedaris. Perfect. So, who knows? Clancy
2: Brown was in this last episode. So, was he? Yeah, he was.
1: Oh, I didn't see
0: it.
2: I didn't see it yet, it's, guys. It's fun, Honestly, Q, the last two episodes have kind of been like the the episode you did see. It's kind of a case of the week type of oh, thing. Okay. So is they're doing in
1: this latest episode?
2: Bill Burr, Bill Burr awesome. is in this last episode. So, yeah. that And Amy Sedaris is in the one before that. So, you know, it's it's good. It's good. It has, um, but they are more case nice of the week type that episodes. They've been
1: using... Isn't it interesting that they've been using – like a plethora of alt 90s comedians
2: brian possein was in the first episode i know
1: you got like, Bill Burr. F- for me though it was like
2: okay well brian possein huge like nerd culture geek culture guy so it yeah. makes sense that he would kind of be in there amy sedaris i'm like okay character actor i can totally see that bill burr always feels weird to me because bill burr feels like the guy who made fun of you for liking Star Wars in high school.
1: And then he is And then he's like, why did
2: you want to be, did you want to be in Star Wars? Like, Breaking Bad I get, but this is, I don't know. He he was good. He was good. I liked Bill Burr in it, but when I saw him the whole time, I was like, do you even like Star Wars? I'm pretty sure you've made fun of it in your
1: act. Dude, I have to clue you in on a casting thing that I didn't even realize, and maybe you did in that series. You know the alien, like, bounty in the very first episode? Bobby Moynihan? No. Horatio Sands. Oh, Horatio Sands, yes. Isn't Not that Not Bobby crazy? Moynihan. I had no idea that that was Horatio Sands. I, it was
2: pre-Bobby Moynihan's Bobby Moynihan. He was the...
1: Right, he was the OG ha- uh, Moynihan? Well, he was the middle. Like he was og but... og Well,
2: there was Farley, who can't be touched. Right, sure. And before that, there was Belushi, who was also in his own level. And True. then they got to you know Horatio Sands, who was great when paired with Jimmy Fallon in a lot of situations, for sure. And then Bobby Moynihan has followed in that same in those footsteps,
1: but not with Jimmy Fallon.
2: No, no, Jimmy Fallon's he's,
1: off making he's, he's faces at other own. people. Exactly. Uh, but so. yes,
2: I did notice that because well, the whole time I was I recognized. And I was watching the episodes like I know who that is, but I can't place it. Got it. And I had to look it up, and I I turned. Yeah, I had no idea that
1: that totally blew my mind. And it's, uh, it's like,
2: is it because of Jon Favreau? Like,
1: I well, don't know. I mean, I mean, he definitely has the 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 pull to be able to kind of get whoever he wants. You well, know and I mean? more than
2: that, he just likes to do that sort of thing. I mean, remember he put Ralphie from A Christmas Story yeah, in Iron Elf. Man and,
1: and Elf. Uh, <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. You immediately went to Iron Man. I immediately <laughs> went to Elf. Well, your is more season appropriate. Sure. God damn dang it talk seasons with me jay <laughs> sorry welcome sorry. to the weather weathercast we're, <laughs> we're speaking seasons you know what i'm saying
2: hey guys winter cold right huh snow <laughs> angels sleds <laughs> rosebud what um,
1: fall so, orange weather so star wars <laughs> so kashique Let's let's go way back, man. Let's talk about like our. Fir- I think a good starting place would be our first connection or introduction to Star Wars. Okay. I think let's take it all the way back to the beginning. So, like, how did you first come across Star Wars?
2: That is a good question, and, and, and it's one that I anticipated, so I had to think about it because. Perfect. It, it Star Wars is one of those things that I was such a fan of when I was a kid that it almost feels like I was just born a fan. Of. Like, I don't really remember sure. when it started. So I had to, like, think back on it. And where it started was my dad showed me Return of the Jedi.
1: Oh, wow. Not even
2: A New Hope first. No. No, my, I, my dad. I don't know. <laughs> Not New continuity i don't know if it mattered to him and i could have been like i think i was four or five which is why it probably didn't matter anyway but what i remember so much i remember the ewoks of of course but i remember the green lightsaber and the red lightsaber fighting yes and that's my very first image when i think of like the first thing i remember in my life of knowing about star wars is it was that poster of darth vader and luke skywalker fighting in the dark where they're just silhouettes yeah you can just see the green and red the lightsabers that's That's my like first image of this is what this is and i don't know like i just for some reason connected with the fun of return of the jedi looking back on it now and when we get to our ranks you know next week I may have a different story, but I just have such a love for return of the Jedi because of that early connection. Sure. I, that's where it started. That's where it started for me. And then from there, it just kind of went haywire. Like for you, did, did you, you started early too, right? You didn't come to it late.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I absolutely started early. I do have a question though, and I'm sure like we're going to get tweeted at and people are going to freak out by me saying this, but which which Star Wars has the scene with Darth Vader in the egg and his helmet is being like lowered down onto him when the do- when like his co-worker walks in it's him <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 when the coworker ignores the uh the not vacant sign on the yes. door and walks in on Vader in the bathroom, in the bathroom? yeah that I'm, pretty of sure, Star I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that's office <laughs> <laughs> False. Clygon crystals are actually natural substances. Supplements.
1: False. Darth Vader wasn't expecting that person to walk into him.
2: Darth, Jim put my blaster in jello again.
1: <laughs> so, which one is that? Empire? I think it's,
2: it's Empire. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So, my first. <laughs> My first memory of Star Wars was Empire Strikes Back on VHS with my dad. Heck yeah. And that scene fucked me up. Do you remember? You and I have talked about um, – and quick side tangent, but uh, you and I have talked about uh, the first time I saw – the first batman or 89 batman yes yeah
2: and you thought the gloved hand was all like a
1: fucked up skin hand? but it's not at all it's just like a totally normal but white hand yeah the glove is fucked up that's what i remember from this scene in empire as well is that like It's all like gross and veiny. Like his, like his brain was
2: exposed. (laughs) I love how violently drastic your memories are.
1: It's so, it's so strange. But I remembered that, and that, that was like seared in my brain. That like, fuck, his head was so gory and fucked up, and like blood, and like just like crazy shit. So. The, I have
2: a few moments like that with Star Wars that are like there are visuals that are just burned into my memory. One of them is the lightsaber fight, and that's a good one, so I like that one. Um another one, but another one is when Luke gets his hand cut off at the end of uh of Empire and he screams no. And I just I just for some reason it's burned into my mind is the first time I saw it, it's like he is so sweaty. <laughs> He's just like, no, and it's like sweat everywhere. Like he is so sweaty. Well, let's be honest. If you had just had your hand chopped off. I mean, the adrenaline's pumping. By your father. (laughs) Who you you just learned, by the
1: way. Right, So Who happens to be like a really mean guy. I'd be sweating bullets too. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, it's perfect. It's honestly probably the most realistic depiction of sweat in a movie ever. Uh, outside of maybe The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. But Mickey Rourke just looks like that. Right, just sweaty Um, all the
1: time. He's just
2: sweaty all the time. Iron Man 2, good example. Yeah, so Um,
1: no, so I had just, I had watched Empire for the first time on VHS and I had that image burned into my mind and so much so that I actually didn't, watch empire for like a like several years after that really because you're like ooh, that was the scary one yeah i was like oh i don't want to watch scary star wars (laughs) Um, i'm gonna watch silly star wars return of the jedi i don't know what age i was i probably had to be around like four or five like that was around that kind of time period um that seems to be about
2: the age when dad's way too early introduce boys to star wars
1: for sure and honestly it's not as bad as something say like if he had shown me t2 <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> or something star wars is actually pretty like but ben- benign like oh, as yeah far it's a good as, like, pg movie like it's right. a good way to start but for whatever reason our tiny toddler brains like still make it like a hard fucking R-rated like I, Star I just, I can't get over the fact how violent your memory gets. It's so weird. It's a dark place in here, man. Um, so that was my first experience. Now I have a question. When was your first experience or your first recognition of the community that surrounded Star Wars? That so, was way later. So like, when did you realize, holy shit, like, There are a lot of people out here that are, you know, massive, diehard, dyed-in-the-wool Star Wars fans.
2: That took a whole lot longer. Um, There were – I mean, I obviously had friends at school who were fans of Star Wars. Um, You know, so I had, uh, you know, like Eric or or Adam. You know, they would be – they would be my Star Wars friends, and we would hang out and watch them together and talk about them. There was a guy. His name was Tyler. And he had an older sister who was obsessed with Star Wars when they came out, and had all the original like four and a half inch figurines. Yeah,
1: the ni- and now, so, the OG OG or like the ninety seven o- release? No,
2: the OG OG. Okay. I had all the ninety seven re releases, but I they had did. they had the seventies like OG releases, like That's the, awesome. the 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 toys that the episode of Toys That Made Us is about.
1: That's like, awesome.
2: And I have a whole bunch of theirs because he gave them to me.
1: That's amazing. So,
2: I have, like, old Stormtroopers that are, like, the three and a half inch. Um, yeah. It's, That's it's sick. Re- it's real cool. I've got them in a, in a box in the garage right now. I love now. it. But, um, but I had those friends. But it but for the longest time, it was just, like, a nerdy little thing that I liked. Because everybody else was, like, into sports or whatever at that age. Like, wearing Adidas sure. and Umbra shoes or something. Or sure. Umbra shirts. Uh, I... And so it took me probably until the prequels were being released in 99ish okay. to realize how big a deal it was because when I heard about it I was like wow that's super cool and then everybody in the world was also excited about it Sure. And I was like oh oh I guess oh I didn't realize that I was going to be fighting people to get tickets to this
1: Yes it, and that was a big like moment I remember yeah. um so they did we're we're talking re-release, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I remember. Oh, oh, oh,
2: you're talking about like when they re-released the the original? Yes. No, I'm talking
1: about the the prequel episode one. Okay. Yes. So that happened later. So for me, the earlier moment was was the re-release of the originals. I loved that though. I just didn't. So he didn't connect that everyone was so excited. And for me, that's where it happened. So like. My dad, once again, took me to the theater to go see the re-releases when they re-released.
2: That's a good dad. My dad did the same as well.
1: And that was the first time for me that I realized that it was more than just, like, this thing that my dad and I shared. Yeah, because, like,
2: everybody was – there were lines and this And there were
1: people in costumes and, like, it was a thing. And these were other grown-ups who were also, you know, like – Excited in costume right. and stuff. So that was the first time for me that I realized that it was a much bigger, like, phenomenon than right. just this, like, fun movie that I like to watch occasionally. Right. Um, and I remember the experience of sitting in the theater and watching the re-releases and having what I imagine was a similar experience that you have um, – or that you hear from people who went and saw the original when it released in the theater. Right. Um where it all just like clicked for me. Like everything was this like amazing world where these fascinating stories were taking place and I was so like there for it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I was so tuned in. And I can honestly say for what it's worth Star Wars Um, and we've talked about movie escapism and like how we kind of watch movies. Star Wars was the first movie that I can remember like disappearing into. Yeah. I can
2: totally, totally, totally agree with
1: that. Like I loved Batman and I loved Ghostbusters and I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it was always me watching these people. But for Star Wars, it was the first time that like I was so sucked in to this world that had been created, yeah. That I, I I might as well have been chilling on Tatooine with them. You know what I mean when they were oh, there.
2: No, I mean I am a hundred percent with you. And I remember, um, with Star Wars, and one of the reasons that I still hold it in high regard is that Star Wars was one of the first times I realized how big movie universes could be. You know, back oh, in back sure. in those days, there wasn't Marvel. We didn't really have there were movies that had sequels and there were series. But because I watched them out of order and I saw Return of the Jedi first, then I went back and watched A New Hope. Then I was like, oh, Jabba the Hutt's in both of these. Right. And it's not like the same story, but it's I see it's all being connected a different way as he's not the main villain in these movies. It's just something else that's going on. And then I started to kind of piece all that together. And then, like, to your point, going to see the re-releases when they, and the them re-releasing the toys, that was, was huge to me. I have, For sure. I think I had every single one of them. I mean, spoiled little rich kid, if you will, but <laughs> I think I had every single character figure. Um, and to your point of just living in those worlds, my bedroom growing up. I had some bookshelves, but I didn't have any books on those shelves. I had just recreated different Star Wars scenes with those action figures. That's awesome. So I would have, like, a Luke um, from A New Hope in his white uh, tunic in this land speeder, like, rushing away from two Jawas on, uh, um, oh, what's that? uh, Oh, their big sand crawler? Yeah, their big sand crawler, and then like a C-3PO and R2-D2 off to the side, and then I would have a Hoth scene, and then be all in the snow like outfits on the snow speeders, and that was just my room was surrounded with it. I I lived in those zones, and that's how I would play. Is I would go to the different tableaus I'd created and play in them.
1: Sure. So now this leads me to a perfect example. And I think this is a good direction to kind of take this episode because we'll have episode two to kind of break down movies and talk movies. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, this is a really fascinating thing for me is that Star Wars kind of transcends beyond just the movies and the television. Mm -hmm. It's an experience. You know what I mean? It is a it's all you know, this is going to sound hyperbolic, but it's it's a lifestyle. It's a you know what I mean? Like people. People follow this. And so for me, these key moments in people's lives where it kind of touched you or touched you in a naughty way and then you uncomfortably had to see it at (laughs) Thanksgiving's from now on. Touched by a Jedi. Uh, Yeah. You remember that (laughs) short-lived series?
2: Show show me on this doll where the Jedi touched you as you reached. He's like,
1: like, how are you going
2: to do that without a finger? It
1: was was put out by the same people who put out your hot baby toddler magazine. Which was me. Remember, that was right, self-published. Right. So this was also you. <laughs> this was
2: also Touched by a Jedi. Um, self-published, self-released.
1: So I remember, uh, to to kind of something you were saying, the moment when the first conversation about a new Star Wars coming out was happening, when uh-huh. the prequel trilogy was announced, um, I remember I was in uh, middle school. Yeah. And we used to have these, like, I don't know how to describe them other than, I think they were called, like, weekly readers. Does that sound familiar? I, and it was, I've like, a th- little weekly magazine that you would yeah. get in your class. But it would, like, talk about things from around the world and, like, other countries. I, I knew what
2: those were, but we didn't have them at my school. Um, like I, the friends of mine that went to other schools, like city schools or county sure. schools or or, or or anything like that, they would tell me about them. Okay, so and so I'd heard the term weekly reader, but I we didn't have
1: them. Okay, so we, we had – We did watch
2: Channel One News, though. That was our connection to everybody else. Nice.
1: We did watch – I mean, we did get these weekly readers. And I remember one slid across my desk, and it had a picture of Jake Lloyd – as anakin skywalker like young anakin skywalker and it was like new anakin skywalker cast and it was so weird because normally the weekly readers were like pretty educational like they weren't really tried to be pop culture based really
2: right right
1: but i took like the olympics are going to be in moscow and i took note that this was the first time that i'd really seen like pop culture news in the weekly reader and that also kind of hit me as like holy shit this is big you know what i mean like (laughs) wow it made the reader (laughs) you know the wow
2: dude guys do you see this star wars made the front page of the weekly reader (laughs) what like we're the big time man
1: where we made it that's what it that's legitimately what the new york times weekly reader (laughs) so we uh So I remember talking with my friends and that's really the first time that the shared star Wars experience started happening for me, like directly in my life was because that started conversation. And then I remember finding out that my friends, Oh, you also like star Wars.
2: So before that, even like with
1: the toys and you playing and liking the movies, you hadn't connected it with other people. It still hadn't been like, I didn't have friends that we bonded over. Oh really?
2: So like where I had like at least one or two singular ones that I could go to like you didn't realize
1: that anybody else even cared yeah no like well I assumed that people like there were people that were into it but like for me it was like not a phenomenon right you know what I mean and so man you they did. you were
2: just out there on tattooing all by yourself
1: I really was um and so I remember that joy of like suddenly it was like having a whole extended family of, like, yeah. Star Wars friends. Um, yeah. but like, I wait, you
2: like Boba Fett best, too?
1: Exactly. And, <laughs> but I, I will say that um, the hype surrounding the prequel trilogy just, like, grew and grew and grew over that time period, yeah. you know what I mean? And
2: that was that's the time period remember what I was telling you, that's when I connected the dots to how big it was. Sure. I knew that like a scattershot of people liked it here and there, but yeah, it was that like that was the moment of as that was bubbling and as that was growing when I realized how big it was going to be. And actually weirdly enough, you know, you talk about those moments that are some, sort of burned in your memory and like your life moments surrounding Star sure. Wars. One of them that I vividly, vividly remember is, so when the prequels were coming out and they were releasing Phantom Menace, yes, it was the whole thing where, you know, tickets are going to be sold out for months and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I remember my mom took me out of school and we went to a movie theater to do a radio contest to get free tickets to uh, a a free early screening of the Phantom Menace.
1: That... Is wild.
2: And so anyway, here's the rest of the story, though. So the what the challenge was, was you had to go into a movie theater. They gave you a Nerf gun, and they had put targets on the movie screen. And they would blindfold you, and you had like to shoot. And if you hit a certain target, you would win prizes. Some were toys, some were shirts, some were tickets to the movie. And my mom won tickets to the movie. What? So we got to go see the Phantom Menace like, like a week early or three days early or something.
1: That's crazy. I
2: know. And then the Phantom Menace sucked, and I was so sad.
1: <laughs>
2: like that was honestly, and see, and this is, and this is why I think it's burned into my memory. It's sort of like an Inside Out when you have a core memory that's two different colors. For sure. You know. Yes. It's like. I have the yellow on the one side of the joy of getting to see Star Wars early and just that lifelong fruition. And then the other side is just red and pure hate
1: of how much I was upset. I was hoping you were <laughs> going to say it's, uh, what was it, purple and it's just disgust. Or it's <laughs> no, green, the green is green disgust. It's just disgust. Disgust. It's
2: just, yeah, the other side is just the angry and just oh, and that's the core memory I have around Phantom Menace is so much jubilation around getting to See it early, and so much anger about the the fall from well, grace. I
1: will tell you this, and this is this is pretty funny. Um, I remember when I saw episode one; it definitely wasn't a week early, you lucky son. Oh, I know, you lucky nerf herder, you. Um, it, but it was um at like an opening night event. Okay. And Did you dress up? Did you dress I, up? Please tell me you dressed. I up I didn't. No. Oh! I, Honestly, cosplay didn't come <laughs> until much later in life for me, um, but I did Honestly, have a cosplay, Star
2: Wars shirt. You want, to, you want me to tell you my very first cosplay experience at a movie theater? Sure. It was the midnight release of um, Spider-Man 2. <laughs> nice. Weirdly enough, I dressed up as Spider-Man because a bunch
1: of us from college were going or something. I love it.
2: And remember when, like, midnight releases used to be a thing that people would do? Well, sure.
1: I remember doing that with friends for the releases of Harry Potter.
2: We did it every year for Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings we would do it for. Spider-Man we did it for. Um, Man, that was fun.
1: Those are good times. Now it's like
2: midnight release, but it's Wednesday in the afternoon. Well,
1: that's like, it's the Thanksgiving effect. It's the Black Friday effect, you know, yeah. like every year, Black Friday is on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And then a couple of years back, all of a sudden it started being like midnight on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then now it's like we're open at 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving. And now it's just like
2: Monday morning, 9 a.m., regular store hours, Black Friday deals for the rest of the week and probably two weeks after that. <laughs> right.
1: It's crazy. But that's how it that's how it's become. With yeah movie releases is like
2: it it really is it's kind of like it used to be so special to go see it at midnight and you would like plan all day and it would be an event and now it's like yeah we're just gonna release it out on a like wednesday at two i guess yeah that's fine (laughs) that's fine
1: Uh, but i remember going to see phantom menace and immediately immediately when the discussion of the uh Intergalactic Trade Federation or the Senate <laughs> right. or whatever it was as right. soon as as soon as that conversation started my eyes like glazed over like i was so confused as to what the fuck we were i literally remember feeling like tricked like i was like wait is this a fucking educational movie? What is happening?
2: Why am I in an intergalactic committee meeting?
1: Right, like what is happening? This is—is is this Star Wars C-SPAN? I am uninterested.
2: <laughs> MS Star Wars BC.
1: Exactly. I don't want to watch this. This is like a weird, like town hall meeting. Like this is and, boring uh, as shit. <laughs> it's and it's
2: hosted by George Lucas. He's like, and I'm uh, coming up next to the podium is uh, Admiral Akbar to talk about the uh, chlorine bill that he is passing for local water usage and the municipalities surrounding our hydrogen electric plants, Admiral Apar was like, It's a trap! <laughs> Damn it, you mean me! Some people would say that our country is a democracy, but I would say it's a trap! The corporations... Now he's Bernie for some reason. I love it. But Admiral I, Akbar as Bernie Sanders. That's amazing. Admiral one percent are taking all of our support.
1: Admiral Sanders, but <laughs> that also is just like a higher ranking officer than Colonel. Colonel Sanders, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah.
2: is Bernie Sanders. Colonel.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Myth busted. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Um, all right, so. But yeah, no, you're right. It's kind
2: of like... Oh, and the thing about it, there were so many missed opportunities in Phantom Menace. Like, it bothers me. There's so many things that bother me about it. Like, the Metachlorians you can talk about diving into, like, who cares? Kind of, like, I don't need...
1: Now, I will say, because I do have to speak on Metachlorians. Lots of people, like, uber, uber Star Wars fans, and I feel like I am an uber Star Wars fan, but lots of Star Wars fans take such issue with the whole metachlorians concept and i'm gonna be honest it doesn't really bother me that bad that's fine you mean like certain people are made up of like special fairy dust that's fine like
2: i i'm okay with the concept it was just the amount of time they spent talking about
1: it yeah i i -hmm. suppose that is an issue because they're trying to set up something that was not set up previously yes
2: that's the thing. They're trying to, like, overstate it to try and be like, we're just going to kind of cram this into your memory. Right. But it's not part of it. I'd have totally been fine with, you know, like, oh, you know. His Metachlorian
1: count is off the scale. That's Done. it. Right. The end.
2: Then, then honestly, we would have had kind of that J.J. Abrams mystery box
1: around. like, well, what are Metachlorians? And then people could have talked about that. right? And, but it, instead and, they're like – his metachlorians are off the scale. You know metachlorians, the things that people are made up of that actually operates the force, because the force is not exactly what we told you that it was in the first 30s. It is. years. It
2: is, it is a sense of balance between the force, but when in certain people's DNAs, you see... Okay, so you have the X chromosomes, Look, and I you have, have a chart. the Y
1: chromosomes, Hold on.
2: and now you have the M chromosomes. Oh, actually, yes, Yeah. Okay, pull up this chart. <laughs> that is and now what... next in our sentence, man, it's like, no! <laughs> Why are they educating me so much? So that, that's my problem with metachlorians. Not the fact that they exist, but how they exist in that, how, they were delivered. how they're used, mixed with the coupling of the Senate hearings and the financial committee meetings of the intergalactic Congress or whatever.
1: That's fair. That's totally So fair. It, it was all
2: that kind of meshed together. And the thing is, it's symptomatic of what I believe is what I call the George Lucas effect. George Lucas is a perfectionist sure I at least it it seems that way because he's always tinkering with stuff and I kind of wish he would leave it alone like I mean let's jump back a little bit you remember when they re-released all the Star Wars the original trilogy and then they now you can't even find them without all the digital enhancements yes well I had talked about
1: earlier that's what I went and saw in theater first yeah
2: exactly and so I have the old VHSs of the original original ones because I don't like all the new stuff that they added. Because it's all that George Lucas effect. It's like I don't need more ships in the background. I don't need a weird CGI job of the hut scene added that you couldn't film the first time. I got all of that. Like it's I figured it all out myself. Sure. I don't need all of those things. And so that's kind of where sure. I land on a, a lot of that is I think George Lucas almost went haywire in the prequels, kind of be like, well, and what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And what about this? It's kind
1: of like, oh, you you made it too complicated. Sure. Hey, can I speaking of too complicated? Can I just read you the opening of the plot of the Phantom Menace? And this, this oh, like, you're gonna do, fan- yes, please. This like first sentence explains everything. You ready? Yeah this is how it opens so you got to think about the opening crawl from the first from new hope right right it's very much just like it sets the scene but it's like all right here's the scene uh the galactic empire is the bad guy and we've got rebels who are rebelling against the galactic empire and they've stolen plans for a giant weapon right that sounds very kid like that sounds very like pulpy and exciting
2: it sounds like, okay, that's what, it sounds exciting. Here's the actual first line of that, of A New Hope. Okay. It is a period of civil war. Unrest runs through the galaxy. Yes. Like, and even the new ones, like if you look at um, uh, uh, Force Awakens, it's Luke Skywalker
1: is missing. Sure. Like, it's like, ooh, it's a something. Um, Exactly. And it's, you're very like, ooh, but it's, it's using these, um, it's using it's using these buzzwords that sound fun and exciting. Okay. Yeah. Here is the beginning of of Phantom Menace. Ready? Okay. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. Okay. Fine. Good. <sighs> off right. to a oh, good start. Oh, oh. Tur- turmoil? Turmoil? You say? It sounds like a New Hope. Here we go off the rails. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems. <laughs> is in dispute hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of battleships the greedy tread trade federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of naboo while the congress of the republic endlessly debates the chain of events the supreme chancellor has discreetly dispatched two jedi knights to settle the conflict <laughs> okay the th- turmoil
2: engulfs taxation and legislation concerns like what are we doing
1: trade routes and we're stopping shipping
2: (laughs) (coughs) there's a hostile takeover in a monopoly settings and our judiciary committee must look into the matter many spreadsheets were harmed in the making of this
1: now here we go this is um so that's boring right you read that and you're like that's boring here is the wikipedia plot just the first first little bit about Phantom Menace, okay? So even people who are writing about it can't help but write (laughs) boringly about it. You ready? The Trade Federation upsets order and disrupts peace in the Galactic Republic by blockading the planet Naboo in preparation for a full-scale invasion. The Republic's leader, Supreme Chancellor Valorum, dispatches uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and his apprentice, Obi-Wan Kenobi, to negotiate with Tread Federation Viceroy and the trade federation's secret benefactor orders the viceroy to kill the jedi like well kill you said kill that's exciting right? but it's literally but you got there eventually you got to eventually just to kill like you're throwing out terms like supreme chancellor viceroy, viceroy uh trade negotiate. federations negotiating Blockade... planet blockade trade blockade <laughs> <laughs> like Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't wait. So Uh, that was problem number one. Problem number two for me was I have an inherent issue with prequels nine times out of ten. And that issue is I know where these characters end up. right? Right. It doesn't matter to me, ultimately, how Darth Vader became Darth Vader. If I'm just being totally honest. That is something that I still, to this day, am like. I don't care. He's the bad guy. Like I just want him to be bad. I don't. Well, I don't the, care. I don't. Well, need and the to thing about tiny it, tiny
2: Darth Vader. Well, I, the thing about it is, it, we kind of already know because in A New Hope, Obi Wan references, you know, some he was seduced by the dark side, right. and then in the Return of the Jedi, is a Jedi. Exactly. Yeah, he was trained as a Jedi, and in um, Reven- Return of the Jedi, Palpatine won't shut up about how he took Darth Vader right. from the light. So we kind of already know that, oh yeah, he was just this Jedi in training, and he was really great, and he got seduced by the dark side, and he was really great over there too. The end. Right. Like, that's kind of all we know and need to know.
1: And it's like, I'm fine with learning about characters like... Like to be honest, I find Obi-Wan's backstory much more interesting than I find Anakin's because who is Obi-Wan which, Kenobi? Which that's I
2: hope we get the series. We're getting that Disney plus series. Oh, it's series, happening. Aren't we? Yeah, it's
1: been announced. That's so that's going to be
2: great. And you I think Ewan McGregor is a great Obi-Wan. Let me I, put that out there.
1: I 100% agree.
2: Uh, me and Amanda were talking about this the other day with all of my problems with the prequels and I have many. The casting is not one of them outside of Hayden Christensen. Like, uh, I think, I think, think. Uh, I think Natalie Portman is a fine Princess Amandala. Sure. I think uh, Ewan McGregor is a really good uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sure. Liam Neeson is fine in his role. Yeah. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is very good. Um, Like, uh, the casting I, is not something I have an issue I with. I
1: will say that Christopher Lee was misused, I feel.
2: I thought Christopher Lee did pretty good the as uh, Dooku. 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 I thought he was fine. I thought he was pretty good because Christopher Lee always brings like a depth and a scariness to him. But we all agree
1: that Hayden Christensen is the
2: worst. The the worst. worst. The worst. Like he sunk the whole series for me, honestly. And and actually me and Amanda were talking about this too. And I want to get your take on it. I kind of wish they had cast a child for Amandala in the first one.
1: Oh, sure. Of course. Because otherwise you have an, older lady that's watching this little boy grow up and then then they start fucking right yeah like
2: that's uh, way off but the thing is i thought it would have been cool like okay anakin as a little like nine to ten year old amandala as a child queen or princess or whatever and then they grow up together and then the second movie you cast you know natalie portman and then someone better than hayden christian
1: sure like I've it, been fine with it that. It is a weird story choice cuz it really holds no point.
2: She doesn't have to be 25 in in, in episode in, 1. She doesn't. I agree. She just doesn't. I agree. Um, it's just Natalie Portman is a is a great actress and they wanted her in there. I get it.
1: Yeah, it's um there are a lot of questionable just decisions throughout the the uh original trilogy. I will say and their use I of mean, not CGI. The, original, the prequel trilogy.
2: The prequel trilogy way too heavy on CGI. well
1: that seems to be george uh george lucas thing again yeah. because I know. he thinks he is james cameron which he is not yeah and actually sometimes james cameron isn't even james cameron well to be fair james cameron's use of cgi and technology and kind of driving is it forward has always been else. like bonkers on point yeah i mean think about when avatar first came out he,
2: that's true man
1: he was like i'm gonna release photorealistic you know, CG for the first time ever. And it yeah. still holds up pretty. It's damn still, well. I think
2: my favorite 3d experience I've ever had in a theater, maybe outside of, um, what was that space movie with Alejandro?
1: Oh, um, uh, 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 shit. It, I can't think of it with
2: gravity, gravity. gravity thank you. With Samuel gravity Bullock. and avatar are the best 3d experiences I've ever had in a theater.
1: I will agree with that. Um, so you get with the prequel trilogy, you just kind of get this mishmash of like ideas that George Lucas kind of wish he would have had. Right. I've heard a lot of defense because here's the problem. I've never seen a movie that is both simultaneously more like, um, uh, fuck. What's the word I'm thinking of here? Um, like hated. No, no, no. I've never uh, pretentious. Oh, okay. Yeah pretentious and stupid at the same time. (laughs) Like, like, the... I'm glad you got there. That was really funny. The the logic is dumb. Like, it's a dumb, it's a dumb movie, but it has a level of pretension slapped over top of the dumb that is like, we are so much smarter than you realize, and it's like, but you're not, because this story (laughs) is stupid as shit. Like... (laughs) Like, stop stop trying to dress it up with, like, you know, Senate right. and congress and all of these, like, right. adult concepts. It's a dumb movie. Just be a dumb movie. I would have enjoyed it more. That's the thing is,
2: it's okay to be a dumb totally. movie. You left the stormtrooper getting his head knocked by a door in the first one because it's a dumb <laughs> movie. Right. And
1: it's fine, like... That's fine. I don't need like high political intrigue in my Star Wars. Right. I just don't. And so that was a that was a driving issue for me throughout them. Aside from once again, you you have at your center of these the series a core problem. And that is the one character that this is a, truly about, Anakin Skywalker, right? Right. You know how he ends up. Like, and there's no anticipatory buildup to it. Like, I'm not like, no. I'm not like, Oh fuck. Like, I can't wait to see how he gets there because right. I told you from the originals, I never, that was never a thought that entered my head was like, God, I wish I could have an entire trilogy about how he got to be this guy.
2: Now. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an entire trilogy. That's a very astute point by the way. But the other thing is, if it had been good, I would have cared. That's the thing. Sure. If they had written it right, I would have cared. Now, the thing about George Lucas, uh, while I re- I respect and admire everything you know that he's been that he has done for our world, he's not the best writer. Sure, he, he's he's a good visual storyteller. He is a good storyteller, but you know, it's pretty simple, like the stuff that he writes. Sure. And so when he gets into that level of complexity, I think he loses himself a little bit in how cool it seems and how cool it sounds. And it's just he's he's totally not cognizant of how it connects to everybody else, which I think is the stark opposite of what J.J. Abrams is good at, is he can take complexity and figure out a way to make people super interested in it.
1: For sure. I, I, I could not agree more with that. I agree 100%. He George Lucas has imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's like yes. it's like oh yes, uh, or do your do your impression? Uh, yeah, me. yeah, oh yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, yes. So um, oh, yeah, I, I was yeah, trying yeah. to sound like it. <laughs> um, his his problem is is he thinks he knows what everybody wants because people are so into his original trilogy. It's like right. a, it's like the ego problem, like. He was like, "Oh, I'm a genius. I'm a story genius." Turns so, out, so
2: I, I did. I did it. I'm. I'm a god.
1: Yeah, So I'm just gonna go ahead and keep pumping these babies out. So no problem. I know it. what everybody wants. Everybody loves this movie.
2: By the way, also, uh, take the guns out of ET. Now back to this. All right,
1: ba- back to Star Wars. Um, so that was a problem. I don't. A lot of the things that people complain about, I don't have a problem with. Like I'll say it right here and crucify me if you will. I don't like loathe jar jar binks like he's fine he's a stupid like sidekick cartoon but like if they would have stripped the trade shit out of phantom menace and uh the second one clone attack clones and the third one um i would have been much more on board with a silly cgi cartoon character
2: here's my problem with jar jar I am on. I am in the boat of people that don't like Jar, Jar Okay, but here's my reason: he's poochy. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like he doesn't. He the the thing is he he doesn't fit in a way that's it's agri- it's
1: irritating, and so it's
2: like a thorn rubbing the bottom of my foot.
1: I suppose that's just never been. That was never my experience. Like he. That's fine, and that's fine. That's you don't have to hate him as much. Sure, as sure, don't. sure. I'm just trying to explain, like, my thought process here. So, like, for me, he never really, like, it was never really like a huge ordeal to have him in that movie. He was fine. He was kind of like stupidly irritating. Like, oh god, right? Like, like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters. (laughs) Right. I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) Some of these jokes are going way too far, and he's (laughs) definitely a cartoon character at this point. But that's, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't. (laughs) um i had i I had much larger issues with that series um and one of which was maybe just the flat out convolutedness of what is essentially a very simple story like it's a very simple character arc from good guy to bad guy right and honestly and i know we kind of mentioned this um I think it would have worked fine as a single movie. Like I can totally see that. Like you don't have You don't the- even have to show me the the pod racing childhood. Show that in flashbacks. Show yeah. him as a teenager. Like there's so many Or just like
2: do one of those things where you're panning across his room and he has like a framed newspaper cutout. It's like Child prodigy wins pod race. First time ever. Right. And it's just like scrolling through his room. Right. You get it done in, in a one pan sweep. But I feel like three, two plus
1: hour movies each is way too much for this character arc. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's Here's I think
2: my core problem is I just, to your point, don't care about the story they're trying to tell. In the, in the prequels. And had I cared about the story they were trying to tell, it would have made it better for me. So if you take the original trilogy, the OG, if the OT, if you will, it's about a small group of people, a rebellion against this overpowering force of the empire. And then it's that group of people kind of expanding out and winning. They should have done almost the reverse in the prequels. It's kind of what they wanted to do. I could tell they wanted to do that, but it's a core group of evil people, Palpatine and Darth Maul and whatever, overtaking the larger republic. But there is these core group of uh innocent children at the core of the of the the crux of this. Sure. And they're caught, like they're being overwhelmed, but don't even realize it. That gives me a sense of tension through the course of those tri- through the course of that trilogy that would have made me feel like it's not so much that Anakin's in danger; it's when is he going to be in danger? Exactly. And and if you if if we the audience see how Palpatine and Darth Maul overtake and come up and crush down on Anakin and um, Amandala that gives me a more palpable sense of why I would connect with that story <laughs> palpable Palpatine yeah oh nice um but but I don't have that because we're always focused on hey here's all these great people and man that Palpatine seems really shady I guess that may come to something and then the third movie you're like oh you're fucking evil Ooh, okay but like the whole thing has been just about like this pastiche of life in the galaxy, right. which isn't what I need in a trilogy. I need an arc. I need a story. I need something that takes me from here to over here. Right. Which it's. I feel like at least we're getting that in the new movies. You know, we're at least moving somewhere. I will.
1: You know, I will agree with that. Um, so the OG trilogy we can not skip over, but of course, I feel not. No, like no, no, no. a lot of that conversation should be saved for our part two. Uh, mainly because, uh, those, those I feel will directly tie into the final three that we got. Um, so we can go ahead and get the, uh, the Phantom Menace talk out of the way here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm
2: uh, honestly, when it comes to the, like the OG or the, uh, not the OG, the prequel trilogy, I kind of just think of them as a lump. Like there's just one story and it's all kind of meh. Sure. And then it just kind of lives over here. Exactly. And then I get excited about the OG trilogy, and then
1: the new trilogy. Exactly. So before we dump, before we dump this episode into the trash compactor of the universe, um, <laughs> we let's talk about some things outside of the film canon. Let's touch okay. on some Star Wars uh, side side bitches, if you will. Um, I I would love that. Now I will say I was a kid growing
2: up that before the prequel trilogy was announced, before the re-releases of the movies in '97 happened, I was a guy who read the EU
1: books. I did not. So what was that experience like? Because haven't they all just been disavowed as non-canon? Yes, now?
2: they've they've all been disavowed. And there are. Let me let me be very clear for, for people who might be about to angrily tweet at me. I read, like, seven or eight of these books. I know there are hundreds. Okay. Of and so, basically, it's almost like how comics work, is there are different runs. It's sure. like, these eight books follow this story line that takes place in this time period. So, I would end up reading the books that were about the core characters. Sure. And so, it would be years later, and, you know, Luke and Leia or I mean Leia and Han have kids and then those kids are older and then like what they're doing out into got it. the world got it, like got it. you know or I would follow like a Boba Fett style bounty I actually had a couple Boba Fett books that were like his adventures before the empire strikes back cool um so that sort of stuff so it wasn't anything and honestly when I was reading those I was 14, 13 sure. so i wasn't thinking of this i'm gonna connect this major universe it was just like ooh more star wars sure stories. of course that's all i wanted at that time was more stories from that world sure. and so i didn't even connect them in my head i just read the books and enjoyed them
1: now did you ever get into cl- clone wars no okay so did you you watch the shows though I, Did are rebels I, or clone wars One i watched them. rebels okay i didn't watch clone wars um, Rebels I thought was fantastic. I'll tell you
2: I tried to watch I tried to watch Clone Wars and You wanna you wanna know what it was that, that turned me off of it?
1: Phantom Menace. The Droids talked.
2: The droids talked.
0: That oh, bothered
2: they? me in that show. Yeah, like you know how in the in the movies it's just like in yeah. the show they're actually like, Where are you going? I'm going over here. Why are you doing that? It looks like it's pretty safe over here. Like, the droids like talk. What? And I was like, "This is a level of dumb I can't get behind." It was just like, "Oh, this is a kid show. I can't do oh, this." Oh, I didn't.
1: I didn't even see that. I thought. So I stopped. I tried watching. I, I watched an episode, or maybe I tried to watch the movie. Uh huh. And, um, it just struck me as the same problem with, uh, Phantom Menace. Run is that yeah. it was a really simple dumb kids movie that was covered over in all of these like really intricately unnecessary like boring governmental plot points hold on are you talking about the movie or the show i'm talking about the show but they okay the show opened with a movie that was theatrically released oh right so
2: we're not talking about like uh the clone like the og or the prequel no 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 that's attack of the clones that's okay. Gotcha. This, I'm talking okay. Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now I am in the right vein. I have not seen that. I watched like the first, maybe half of the movie that was released yeah. and was like, ah, uh-uh, not for yeah. me.
1: I just couldn't get into it. Now I will say I watched Star Wars Rebels, which was a Disney show. Right. Because um, that was after the Lucasfilm acquisition. And I will say that I th- thoroughly enjoyed Rebels. There's a lot so, of really interesting plot points in that show. I
2: want to ask you about Rebels a little bit, because I've heard, and then some of the uh, extended universe movies. So I know that Rebels apparently features Saul Guerrero yes. more. What's his character like in the show? I watched Rogue One last night, by the way. I love that movie.
1: I'd need to watch um, that
2: again. It's so, it's it's one of my favorites outside of the core, like, canon. Sure. Um, But, like... I, you know, I know how Forrest Whitaker plays him. I know he basically plays him as an extremist, but how does an like an extremist play out in the in the show? Um, it's let me think how to Is he silly in the show? No. Or is he kind of like a bad no, guy? He's or... kind
1: of like a really intense, not bad guy, but like, yeah, he's an intense uh okay. intense character. He's still an extremist on the show. Okay. Um so He's he's just to for those who want to know who Saw Gerrera is. Uh, he's a veteran of the Clone Wars, and is the leader of a band of Rebel extremists, basically.
2: Right, on Jakku. Yep.
1: Um, but a, wait, no, n- Jedi. Um So it's a really he's a really interesting character. I will say the most interesting part about Rebels is it feels it gets what they wanted to do in Clone Wars right. Like, they wanted really? to make it a little more adult, and they do, but it still has these moments of, like, pulpy whimsy. Sure. But overall, it is it tells a very serious story with very, like, serious consequences for characters. Um, now, is Darth Maul in it as well? Darth Maul does come back in it, yes. Okay, because I heard that the
2: his, like, little... Cameo and solo was a direct reference to, to either the Clone Wars show or the the Rebels. It would
1: show. have been Rebels,
2: okay. Um, like with the with the metal yeah. legs and such. Well,
1: that's also in Clone Wars. He's in both, okay. Um, but it's it's a very interesting um, it's an interesting series, and I really liked it. Now, there's a second series that has recently come out. I don't remember the name of it. It's like Star Wars. It's another. So is it resist rise of the resistance maybe or something like that? I
2: think I've seen a commercial for something like that. I don't,
1: um, I tried watching an episode of that too. I feel like they're kind of going back in the kiddie direction. I didn't, didn't really love it. So
2: it's honestly, I have the same experience with all the different research rev, revisions of like teenage mutant, mutant Ninja turtles. Sure. It's like, I'll watch one or two episodes and be like, eh, this isn't the tone that I want or, oh, this is okay. I'll pop in on this every now and exactly. then.
1: Exactly. Um so it's it's decent. Now I will say Dave Filoni who was the showrunner on Rebels um is one of the co-creators of The Mandalorian.
2: I was about to say the day I've recognized that Filoni name and the if we're talking Star Wars TV I definitely want us to touch on uh Mandalorian a little bit.
0: Because Definitely. what we need to do, um,
2: Q, before we end this episode, is we need to give our predictions for what's going to happen in Rise of Skywalker, so we can get them on okay. record now before, okay. like, before I the think movie we, comes I out, think so we no one can say them already.
1: But we'll reiterate them. Well, yeah, but I mean,
2: we need to reiterate them so people can say that. Oh, you didn't just say that after the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
2: So. So, Mandalorian. You told me before we recorded that you're not caught up, I am right? not.
1: I'm two episodes behind, um, and by two episodes, I mean two episodes before the finale.
2: Okay. So let me give you a quick summary of what's going on. Okay. So he, he helps uh, that small town against the Warriors with the at yep. So then he leaves again, and basically the other two episodes are the same type of procedural type show okay so in one episode he goes to tatooine and he is just looking for money because he needs his ship repaired and he joins up with a bounty hunter they have a mission then he goes back and sure. he people betray him things happen you know that sort of stuff sure. and then the next one is he's on the run from the empire or whatever and he joins up with another team of bounty hunters who need him his help to do a very dangerous mission. And then f- secrets are revealed about their backstories during the mission. People betray each other, and then he leaves and goes and does other Got things. Got it. In every episode, somebody sees or finds out about the baby Yoda, and they're like, huh. And then throughout the episode, they realize that thing's important, and they try to either take it or do something with Got it, right. and he stops them, and here we are. The o- That's that's it. Like The... Uh, nothing really has connected to the larger story of the thing or the things that we've talked about. I still very, very much believe the next episode is going to involve um, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. And it's going to introduce the idea of they want baby Yoda for cloning purposes. I really think that's where I we're think going.
1: they are. I think baby Yoda is a clone. I, he either is a
2: clone or he's being used to harvest medical I
1: think he, so here's my theory. So first off Mandalorian, great show awesome so
2: good everybody watch it
1: it's beautifully shot it the the acting is great for pulpy like serialized television yep um and it's a very fun indiana jones-esque kind of romp through the the star wars universe
2: and you get to spend some time with a very boba fett-esque bounty hunter but you don't have to feel bad because it's not as mainstream as liking
1: exactly Um, so you can still be hipster as hell. Um, so the, what were you saying? Oh, so you were saying that you think baby
2: Yoda Yoda is a clone. I, I, I haven't decided. I think he's one of the, So
1: here's the deal. So the scientist at the beginning of the first episode was wearing Uh a jacket with a patch from the planet Camino and the planet Camino is the clone planet. Bingo, bango. And I, my theory is this. Baby Yoda has been shown to, like, wander away from things. He does wander. And, like, use his powers to, like, push buttons and do things that he shouldn't be doing. Right. I feel like it's the the reveal is that he basically just, like, escaped haphazardly off of this planet, right? <laughs> Which is, like, adorable, right?
2: It is adorable, but then you've got to figure out how he gets into that, like, safe zone on uh uh on uh, uh on that one planet with guarded by a thousand people I think
1: he was captured. Like I think oh. I think he like wandered off the planet essentially or like off the site and then sure. someone found him and was like, "Ooh, valuable. I'm taking this." Ransom. Right. And so and then Mel Gibson's like, "Give me back my Yoda." I think they're trying to clone force sensitive beings right mm-hmm. and i i really think this whole thing is just a setup to reveal that emperor palpatine was a is a clone yes and and so people I still will think, accept that
2: as reality i also think that it's going to tie in that ray is a clone oh that's right i i so so think that that's going to be the symbolism in the Last Jedi of her in that mirror cave is she has no ancestors. She's a clone. But the reason that she's special is that she's a clone of Leia and she's different or she's a clone of Luke and she's and they different. smuggled her so, off
1: the planet and left her on Jakku
2: and hid her on Jakku. Yes. And that's why. And I also I also I also think that Snoke is just a fucked up clone of Palpatine.
1: Yeah, did you see have you watched the most recent TV trailer for the new uh, episode 9? It's I saw it's well Kylo I saw the clip Palpatine of Palpatine centric. I saw the clip of
2: Palpatine saying, "It's time she learns her story."
1: Have you seen or the something. one where he's talking to Kylo and Mm-mm. he he's like, "I have always been the voice inside your head." And it's Palpatine's voice then changes into uh, uh, Snoke's voice. No. And then into Darth Vader's voice. What? Yes. Like James Earl Jones, Darth Vader. So he's like, I have. And then all of a sudden it goes into Snoke, always been the, and then into Darth Vader and it says, voice in your head. (laughs) See? uh, Oh. See that, that. I still think that that proves
2: or goes towards my Snoke is a fucked up clone of like he was a clone enough that had force powers sure. but wasn't perfect. Sure. So they couldn't introduce him as Palpatine, so they introduced him as Snoke, which is why his backstory in the Last Jedi doesn't matter.
1: Sure. Yeah, I be I would be on point. I'm telling you, you need to watch this clip. I will say, out of okay. all the trailers that I've seen, it was the one that like gave me chills because that's just such a really? cool like that is a like cool thing. rolling through the voices of these three like main bad characters and yeah. then t- he's talking to kylo and he's like i've always been the voice inside your head like that's oh that's sick. That's, that's cool so- No, okay
2: i don't want to get off on a tangent but i know that you did this and i want to get your your feelings on it you rewatched last jedi recently oh, yeah. and i and i had asked you to watch it with a couple th- thinkings in mind if hey dude i want to put this out there if you still didn't like it, I'm not going to argue with you. I just want to know what your new experience was. All
1: right, was. so here's the deal. So you asked me to watch it as a like a hostage, hostage movie, situation, which is which is good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, here's and I think maybe I wasn't able to communicate the first time clearly because we had just watched it and I feel like my emotions were raw. Uh, well all of our
2: we were all over the place both of our emotions were like so fresh but I've
1: had time to sit on it and especially watching it again here's the deal I like the movie you and me have the same opinion I think now there are a handful of things in the movie with which I really do not like so one of which and I talked to Haley about this because Haley you know She's we're rewatching through the originals. What'd she think of it? Um, by the way, she enjoyed it. She thought it was good. Yeah. Um, one of the problems that I have, and I will continue to have, is I really don't like the scene where Leia gets blasted out of the spaceship and floats yeah, back inside. That's a big one for a lot of people. That one really bothers me, and. Mainly, I think it bothers me the most because I think it was unnecessary. Like, in yeah. rewatching the movie, there are a million other ways you could have incapacitated her until the third act, which is essentially what right. happened. But to have this, like... Mo- and, like, as I'm watching it, it's, like, so non-essential to the story because... It may have been essential to the story if it was actually Kylo Ren that had shot the ship and blown her right. out, but it wasn't. Like he was, it should have he been, was going I think. to, and then boom! Here comes another, yeah, starfighter a
2: gun happy, yeah, a gun and like be like, "I'm it it gonna up. be the hero!" Right?
1: So boom! That's reason one. Now it, it no longer needs to exist. Although,
2: although, let me, I I, I like that, and then let's go to your sure. second one. But I thought. What if they connected in the next one by saying that Rey is a clone of Leia, and so they're trying to establish that she had strong, uh, like latent. Force
1: but that's what—that's my point. Is they could have still done that in another way to yeah. show they to could display have. the force. It could have been as simple as her like, m- like bringing something to herself using the force. Right. Or or what? Ooh, what about this,
2: dude? She's in the control room. She looks out and sees it, and then she force pushes herself back through a door right before the things, that, like, yeah. right before the room explodes. Wanna... And
1: she bangs into no, the wall and is even unconscious. better. You ready? I'm about to fix this scene. It just hit me. Okay. Okay? She... Uh. So Kylo Ren's flying in, right? He's conflicted. God, I might yep. have to kill my fucking mom just like I killed my dad, right? He's flying in, right? Yep, yep. He gets up, and he's about to push the button. You see Leia do this, and Kylo's hand, like, stops, like, over the control. Like, he can't shoot. And he can't. Another ship comes in and, boom, blows it up, right? She doesn't get sucked out, but, like, you know, maybe it, like blows it up and something hits her or whatever she gets well, that's, what, that's her-
2: what i'm saying like that's where it is she's near a door and the, the force of the blast pushes her back through the door before it
1: liquid seals and then she bangs into the wall and is unconscious yes, that's fine but i think you that would have been a cool display or she could have like held his tie fighter if they want to show yeah. that she's like super powerful like or do the thing
2: that um, that they did in uh, Force Awakens where he shoots the blaster, he shoots oh, the rockets, like, and she stops them. Yes. In space. And then that's when the other guy comes up under and shoots them. And then when she gets shot, they get shot, and then the rockets hit him again. Yes,
1: like that would have been awesome. Like even talking about that scene, I'm like, oh my god, that would have been amazing. <laughs> so cool. But – Can I
2: tell you the one scene in Last Jedi that I hate? Sure. Like, with, like vehemently hate. Sure. The iron. The what? There's a scene in Last Jedi that looks like a star destroyer coming down onto the top of the screen, and then it just turns out it's like an iron pressing onto clothes.
1: <laughs> I don't remember that scene. You don't? I
2: hate that so much. Just because it's stupid. It's it's like the it's a parody level. So like I know everything about Last Jedi is like uh diverting your expectations. Okay. Which I think is fine. And I know that that scene fits into the, you think it's a Star Destroyer, but your expectations are subverted because it's an iron. Right. But that's like a level of, like, it's scary movie level parody. Doc. Sure. That's fair. And that, it like, it's Jar Jar Binks level parody. Sure. Doc. Like, it's just like, that is the way that Star, like. St- uh, um, Robot Chicken? star <laughs> Robot Chicken, but I'm trying to like Star Ball. Oh, uh, Spaceballs. Um, Spaceballs, thank you. Is the way that, spa- something Spaceballs would show. sure. I get that. So that's this thing that I just, I hate. Everything else I can either justify away or make my peace with, but I just, I yeah,
1: hate that. This the The Leia floating in space scene was bad for me. The What's another one? Um, the... Uh, God, there was like two more and I'm trying to... I, re-
2: I remember originally you you hated the, the casino scene.
1: Oh, I still hate the... Ca- I, I don't hate the casino scene, but that's another one where it's like... It's kind of like, what are we doing? Like, this feels like an unnecessary side mission. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like there are other ways you could have introduced Benicio del Toro's character into this much quicker. Right. I understand they were trying to give some backstory to Rose's character, but you had already kind of gotten that through the loss of her sister and like some exposition dumps that she does to Finn.
2: Yeah, she she does uh, she does enough exposition at the beginning to to know that she was like raised kind of. But I don't need to know
1: about, like, the horse aliens that are on this planet and, like... Right.
2: I think the most interesting thing about that scene and the way that I justify
1: it to myself
2: is that it's kind of outside of some of the prequel things where we see the government areas. This is the the first time I've really seen high-life capital, like, consumerism society the 1% of the sure. Star Wars universe. And
1: honestly, like I said, I think it would have been fine. I, I don't think all the side mission stuff was necessary. I don't think it only was handled, the, the, yeah. It could have
2: been integrated better because it was vitally important that they found that code breaker for, But they know. still didn't. Yeah, still, that's the thing is they,
1: yeah, it becomes moot later. Right. But it was important when they went. But I kind of feel like, I feel like, R- Ryan Johnson's movie was just trying to be a contrarian Yeah, like, It
2: was, it was, it, it was definitely it. Yeah. It was definitely like, Oh, you think this is going to be important? Well, it wasn't. It's was like, well then why'd you, put exactly.
1: I, I, I can I totally like, see that argument. Like so many times of that then become, well, okay, you're not sure. Now you're just fucking. Yeah. Now me. you're just like wasting my time. Yeah. And this is a, like a almost three hour movie. <laughs> Did you see did
2: you see that JJ Abrams has come out and said the biggest thing that surprised him about The Last Jedi? Uh, uh-uh, what was it? He said that he's like he, he's like the the other twists like Luke Skywalker dying and Snoke dying, he's like, yeah, you know, I was surprised by those. He's like, but Phasma dying. It's like that was the thing that surprised me the most. Really? Yeah, just the way that like the ground crumbled beneath her after the fight and everything. He's like, I just I don't know, I expected her to stick around.
1: I mean, that's fair. I will say that um, you brought up a very good question. A question that this was that was my third problem with the movie. Um, did Luke die? Question mark. What I think what happened? Like, why did he disappear? <laughs> like, w- here's was my was that belief. a callback to Obi Wan Kenobi and how he died?
2: Yes, and it's a callback to Yoda and how he died because Yoda was just laying on the bed and then just disappears. okay So when your life force is used up, you disappear and become one with the Force. Like, you become spirit. And then you can manifest as a Force ghost, I guess, like the rest of them okay. do. Um, which is how Luke will be in the third one. I just, I'm, I'm sure of it. Sure. But that's what I think. I think Luke, because of his long time separation from using the force because of his age and because of the distance and the clarity with which he projected himself. I think he used up the last of his energy to stall and save the rebellion and then gave himself over to death and then disappeared, became one with the force and then will be in that state going forward. That's how I interpreted it. And, but just given how, You know obi-wan dies as soon as the lightsaber hits him yoda evaporates you know in the bed it's it's fitting with the way that force power people okay
1: so let's tie let's use this to tie directly into our next week's conversation with a little bit of like positing regarding episode nine um because we're we're here towards the end of our episode Um, right? What do you think the title of The Rise of Skywalker means?
2: Here, Here's the thing is I keep thinking it's going to mean that Kylo is going to turn good and that him and Rey are going to somehow team up and I don't sure. know. But I feel like they kind of already teased and mixed that in The Last Jedi. And so it would feel repetitive to do it again. Sure. And so I'm sort of at a loss on what I think it means. I really do think that Rey is going to be some sort of clone of either Luke or another Skywalker. And the fact that she came out different is important, but that that makes her a Skywalker, just like Kylo Ren is a Skywalker. And it's going to be something about them and what it means, or I don't know, because that's what it keeps coming back to—is everything about the Force in these movies is all about balance, sure. you know? Because when the when the 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 Jedi get too powerful, the Force balances it out by making the Empires and the Darth rise, and then they kind of cancel each other sure. out. And then when Darth Vader gets too powerful and Palpatine, they introduce the twins, and so everything is about balance. And I really think that they're it basically saying that. Somehow Kylo Ren and Rey balance each other out, and that that's the connection.
1: Interesting. I don't know.
2: That's kind of where I'm thinking is. I know one of them. I know Rey is somehow going to be related to cloning, and I think that she's a star. I think she's a Skywalker, and it's something to do with balance. Okay. What do you like? Where I know that you've posited a lot as well. Like, where do you think this is all going? Like, is everybody a clone of everybody? Like, is is that how Anakin got started? Like, I mean, even back in the prequels, Anakin's father isn't really known. He was a miracle baby, remember? Right. Like, he doesn't have a father. Right. It was. So was he a clone of Palpatine at the very beginning?
1: Uh... Oh, fuck. I didn't think about that. Was he Maybe... a clone
2: that was implanted in that woman? Maybe
1: that's how it's going to be retconned is that is that S- Skywalker
2: doesn't exist. Maybe that
1: explains Palpatine's talk to Kylo in this recent one where he's like I've always been the voice and it like goes through yeah. the different voices. Maybe those are all attempts to clone Palpatine way back in the beginning.
2: Well, and remember Palpatine it, 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 what was his um uh his uh mentor's name? Um Oh, uh, uh Darth Darth, Plagueis. Darth Tren- Plagueis. Plagueis. He talks about or there is reference to Palpatine learning the secret to eternal life through Plagueis. And I truly believe that secret is going to be related to cloning yourself over and over and over again so that you, in in theory, never die. And that that is going to be the through line of, well, Palpatine cloned himself and implanted himself in a woman. Well, that didn't turn out exactly right, because then he was conflicted and had humans' emotions. And so, we cloned him this other way, and we made Snoke, who's just a pure being of evil, and he can't be controlled, and that's bad, too. Or maybe he's this other thing, like... I don't know. I love it. I'm into it. And then, like, and then the opposite side of that is every time that Palpatine does that, the Force then brings in somebody to balance that out. So... He was doing the stuff at the in, in the prequels, so that made Anakin be born in a way that could be you know balanced, right. and then Anakin actually does get bad, so he has twins that balances that out, and then they start to die, so Ray is a clone that's created out of nothing to balance that out.
1: I love it. <laughs> I'm so confused, and I can't wait for next week's episode and to go see. I Star know.
2: Wars. Okay, so we are we gonna pause yeah, right let's here? Pause. Or we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk OG trilogy um, and Rise of Skywalker, and then we're gonna rank the Skywalker saga next yes, week. Yes, so
1: join us. Same bat time, same bat channel.
2: Bat Star Channel. Same star Channel. Yeah, same star. Wait, same Star Wars. Same Star. Same Wars of Star. Same channel. Same
1: galaxies. Same Jedi. Yeah, same, same galaxy channel. Same, same council. Jedi Council Network. Same Republic of. Same something Senate same same metachlorians same metachlorian Synod, different trade route
0: we have reached the end of another high five the podcast episode it's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching if the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my5 at high 5 com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> Got that? or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at high the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast don't forget to subscribe on iTunes Stitcher Google Play Or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Selective fatigue syndrome? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody.
2: Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut.
0: Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.